Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. The vision reminds us that our best days are yet to come. Go out and share this good news. Build bridges of harmony. We want to be unity agents. Surf new waves of revival sent to the church by the Holy Spirit. We want to be a spirit-filled church. Serve our neighbors in need as the hands and feet of Jesus. We want our cities to be positively changed and to be different 10 years from now than they are today because Lutheran Church of Hope is here. Not just city changers, but world changers because Jesus says go into the whole world. We want to be an intergenerational church. We want to make disciples to go from seeker to believer, to follower, to servant leader and around again. We want to be kingdom expanders. We want to be legacy makers. We want to love those who are broken, broke, tired, scared, sick, in prison, lost, or wandering. That's the heart of hope. That was way cooler than I can like follow up on. I actually sounded like I know what I'm talking about in that clip. Uh, Hi, Revive. I'm really honored and happy to be here with you guys tonight. This is, I mean, Monterey, like so many weeks in a row. How can you not be totally into this? This is just the most amazing ministry ever. Um, I want to be a young adult again. How does that work? Uh, I appreciate that. I do. But I'm going to let you kids go have your fun. Yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, But I'm really glad to be here tonight. Um, Thank you for being you. Thanks for uh, doing what you do. Thanks for um, being faithful. Uh, Thanks for uh, coming and being community for one another here, sisters and brothers in Christ. Thanks for being church uh, together. It's no small thing. Uh, And that video is kind of a really wonderful video summary of our new vision, newish vision. It's been around since our 25th anniversary, uh, which I wanted to say was last November, but there was this whole pandemic thing and that that year just sort of, it's just got fuzzy in my mind. And so it feels like it was just a few months ago, but it was a year and a few months ago that we introduced that vision. Uh, Hope is like you guys, Hope is a young adult church. We're about 26 years old uh, and we are uh, right in the middle of of this amazing ride that God has uh, authored for us and that we continue to uh, take with enthusiasm. And it is like a mustard seed planted in the ground, one of the readings for today from Mark chapter 4. It's the smallest of all seeds and then the dot, 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 but it becomes the greatest of all shrubs. It becomes the thing that God uses from the tiniest, it's just like God, isn't it? Take the tiniest of all seeds, the most humble of all seeds, It gets planted in good soil, and it multiplies. It multiplies and becomes something greater than anybody would have ever imagined just looking in that teeny, tiny little mustard seed. The part about this verse that is definitely worth noting, though, is what happens right before in Mark chapter 4. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. He says the kingdom of heaven is like 
he gives a, a series of different things. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant, he says elsewhere in the Gospels, who goes out and finds a pearl of great price. And when he grabs onto that pearl, when he realizes that he finally found what he's been looking for his whole life as a merchant, he goes out and he sells everything else he has to hold on to that pearl, to hold on to that, to that wonderful, valuable gift. That's what heaven is like. And the reason Jesus uses these uh, similes, heaven is like this, heaven is like that, is because he knows that our human minds can't fully fathom it, can't take it in, can't take it all in. And that's worth noting as we go through the rest of this message tonight. Because a big part of our vision is directed toward what's going to happen forever and ever. It isn't the whole part of the vision. It's a part of the vision, though. It's that heavenly, eternal future, which has everything to do with the way we live right now. More on that as we go. So the kingdom of heaven, Jesus goes on to say, it's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds. The picture in the bottom left is me when I was your age, and I was the new pastor here at Lutheran Church of Hope once upon a time. And that was our whole crowd. That wasn't like one of many services. That was the service that we had. Every Sunday in a little office building that's um, just down the hill from the Perkins on 86 and Hickman. And that was kind of a problem because when I got here, they were meeting. There was a group of about 10 or 20 people. They were meeting in this room. And I said, why are you meeting in this room? They said, well, because we can't find a school. I said, aren't you supposed to be starting a church out here in West Des Moines, this part of West Des Moines? They said, yes, we are. I said, why are you meeting at 86 and Hickman in Urbandale then? It's all we could find. It's the best that we could do. It's, it's the only thing that we could find. And so, well, <laughs> it was a little confusing. I went door to door with brochures. And I was trained uh, by the uh, Department of Evangelism for the Lutheran Church. And so they told me how to do this. They said, knock on the door and then take several steps back because you're a big person and you're going to scare people. So, so knock on the door, ring the bell, take several steps back, and then give your speech. I can still give you the speech today. Hi, my name's Mike Householder. I'm the new mission developer pastor at Lutheran Church of Hope. It's a new church. It's going to be starting in West Des Moines, but currently we're meeting out in Urbandale, 96 and Hickman. So that's really confusing, so I have a brochure. <laughs> <laughs> my only goal back then was just to get one name after knocking on hundreds of doors a night, just get maybe one name who was interested in getting our newsletter. Newsletters were these things that people used to print up on pieces of paper and send out <laughs> in this thing called the mail. And you'd put postage on it, and it would go out, and it would show up in people's homes. It was really cool. It would have been so much easier with social media. <laughs> so, so much easier. But that's how it all started and then there's a picture of Christmas at Wells Fargo Arena a couple Christmases ago. Listen to it again, because it's not about us. It is, it is so not about us. It's so not about that 29-year-old pastor sitting there in that bottom left corner picture, or any of the other people in that picture. Well, it's, a, it's, it's a story we're a part of. It's a story God writes for us and through us. So in that sense, it's a story that we're involved in. But it's a God thing. It's a Holy Spirit thing. And it's always been the vision of hope. And if we stay faithful, it will always will be the vision of hope. And I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced going from that picture to that picture and all sorts of things in between and all sorts of things beyond. That it's because it's a God thing that that's the only way it makes sense that it could ever happen. Because I would love to sit up here today and tell you that I'm just, just this great visionary who had this dream. I saw this. I, I, I envisioned 
that there would be an arena called Wells Fargo that wasn't built yet, that, that we would go in and we would fill it up. That was just one of three times we filled it up for Christmas that year. That we would go in there as a church and we would go from that group of 20 or so people to that group of 40 or 50,000 people. I would love to tell you that was my dream, that that was my vision, that that's why it's happened, because you gotta, you gotta dream it to achieve it. You gotta see it, you gotta, you, you gotta put it out there, and that's how you get there. And all these other, you know, motivational, piffy statements that maybe look kind of good on a bumper sticker or a fortune cookie. But scripture gives us something to sink our teeth into more, to put our roots down into, something we can trust. Because I am convinced of this, that the key is learning to set our sails to the wind of God's spirit. That's what grows a church. But it's not even just the growth. It's, it's not just the numerical stuff. It's that every single one of those lights in the picture on the bottom right is connected to a person. And that gives God a chance to put his word, to plant his word into their hearts. And that word, as some of you know and some of you ex have experienced in your own life, is radically transformational. Nothing less than radically transformational. We're not just throwing a philosophy of life out there amidst a bunch of other philosophies of life. We're not, we're not telling you to choose this instead of that. We're simply proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as my theology professor said in seminary, preach the gospel and duck. Because the word of God goes out and it doesn't come back empty. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and he says, so our vision is pretty audacious. Because these are the words that God gave us a few years ago. He said, this church will be powered by the spirit. It's the spirit's wind. It isn't our wind. It isn't our energy. It isn't our wonderfulness. It isn't our innovative programs. It isn't the way we do it. It isn't, it isn't how super, I mean, although the announcements tonight were very impressive, I got to say, the way you guys went back and forth and you had everything laid out and you covered a lot of information in a short amount of time, I really think that you should train the people on weekends on that. That's really, really good. <laughs> You're in charge of that now, Jamie. You're in charge of announcements for everybody. Powered by the Spirit and Jamie. But in that order, we believe that this is what God is going to show us, that we will bring Christ to all cultures, revive the world with God's love, and make heaven more crowded. I wish I had more time to dive into all of it. I know you're in a series doing that, so I'm going to focus in on my part today, which is this part. Number eight in the 10 for 10 goals that are underneath that audacious Bible-based vision statement. We want to launch 10 new local sites or campuses and 10 new partnerships with existing churches over the next 10 years, 10 plus 10 and 10. We want to be kingdom expanders. The kingdom of heaven is like a tiny mustard seed that God takes and transforms into the greatest of all shrubs and it provides shade for the birds and homes and, and residents and places where people, where their hearts can be changed. Where people down the hall from you tonight have experienced radical transformation because they were living with some sort of hurt or hang-up or habit or addictive behavior that was sucking the life out of them. And now they found new life in Christ. They tried to quit. They tried to stop. They tried, they tried over and over and over again to do it on their own, by their own will, listening to the philosophies of this world, the wisdom of this world, the ways of this world. Just try harder. Just dig deeper. Tap into that power inside of yourself. And they realized over and over again how futile it was and how frustrating it was until they surrendered it to God. And when they surrendered it to God, 
radical transformation and new life. This is not us and them, because that's the story that God wants to write into all our hearts. Radical transformation. Wherever it is, you and I need to be transformed. And we all need to be transformed. (laughs) We're all in this journey together, and we all need God to continue to work in us and through us. We want to launch. There's a lot of numbers in this. I don't get too hung up about those numbers. This, this part of the vision probably has more numbers in it than almost any other. But it's good to have goals, I suppose. And this is what we feel like the Lord laid on our hearts. I don't know if it'll be five. I don't know if it'll be 25. I don't know if it'll be 10. But already we see that happening. And it's not a master plan. It's not like we take out a map of Iowa or the Midwest and say, okay, we're going to go here and we're going to go here and we're going to go here and we're going to go here. We, we, we're just not, that's not the way we roll. The way we roll these days is we just preach the gospel and duck. We send the transformational, powerful word of God that doesn't come back empty, the tiny mustard seed, and watch God turn it into something. And it happens even during a pandemic. Hope grew faster in the last year during this pandemic than we've ever grown in any year in the history of our church. Phenomenal. We've got people sending us letters from all over the country, even from different countries in the world, uh, saying, hey, somebody uh, told me to watch your services or, or something, and Jeremy was preaching one day, or Nick was preaching one day, or Jamie was preaching, or Amanda was preaching, or you were preaching, or a song was being sung, or something happened during a service and it captured my heart. It's, the word. it's not us, it's the word of God. So here's how we do this now, is we wait for that word to go. And so what happened up in Ames was a group of people got together and they started realizing that they were all worshiping with hope online. And then they started meeting in somebody's living room and then too many people showed up. So they started meeting in a, in a community center and then too many people showed up. And so they started meeting at this old place called Zeke's which was like a little concert hall right outside of the Iowa State campus. And then that got too big, and so we said, well, we'll, we'll turn you into one of those 10. And now they're a church, and they've got five, 600 people showing up every Sunday, and they've got, I don't know, another four, 500 showing up for Kairos, the college student ministry on, what night is that, Holden? Wednesday. Thank you, Wednesday nights. My son leads it, I should know, but you know. <laughs> That's how you expand God's kingdom. You let God do it. We're the farmers in the field, so we have a role. It's not like God's just going to say, well, here's the seeds, just sit back and watch. He's like, no, plant the seeds. Cultivate the soil. Get to work. Go out there and till it and, and, and water it and weed it and make sure that it's, it, it's the right environment that's going to that's gonna allow for that transformation to happen. Do everything that you can. Do it in a coordinated way. Work together on these things. Use your various gifts and pour in together and be kingdom expanders. Be a part of what I'm doing in the world today. Now that's where things get really fun. We get front row seats to watch God change lives. And the deeper you get into it, the more involved you get in Revive, the more you'll see it which is why you can't get people to stop. We got thousands of kids showing up for vacation Bible school next week, and we have thousands of people volunteering. And it's not, I mean, we ask, we invite, we still need more because there's so many kids who are coming this year, but it's not like we have to beg because people are like, no, I've done that before, it's awesome, I'm coming again. You can't stop me from coming. It's a Jesus party, and wherever there's a Jesus party, I'm, I'm gonna show up. That's how God's kingdom expands. 
It's always been that way too. We didn't invent this. This is the way it was in the book of Acts. Trying to hit the button. There it is. So Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to get there to your destination, then you have to follow me. I love that image because it's this young woman who's, <laughs> how would you like to take that walk? I mean, not, not for me, no thanks. Um, but it's a metaphor, okay? Although for her, it's not a metaphor. For her, her life is on the line. For us tonight, it's a metaphor. She's, there, in my mind, that's a cross up there on the top of the summit. And she's walking along, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit nerve-wracking, I'm sure, but Jesus comes along and says, I'm, I'm this pathway. I'm the way you're going to get from where you are to where you want to go in life. Now, I want you to think about you. Where are you and where do you want to go? But let me put a little caveat around that particular individual vision that God has for your life. See, there's the collective vision God has for all of us together as a church family. And then there's the individual vision that God has with you. And there's a lot of overlap between the two. Because God's not a God of chaos. God isn't going to say, well, I have this vision for your church family. And then my vision for you is totally different. Turns out you might be dreaming your own dreams and asking God to come and bless them. So just check your heart on that. Stay humble on that. Say, God, instead of inventing my own waves to surf, maybe I need to learn to pay attention to the waves that you're providing. You're the way from where I am to where I want to be. There's a lot of uh, temptations in our world today for people of every generation to seek answers to um, get from where we are to where we want to be in everything but Jesus. In fact, it's, um, it, it, it's I would say, pretty trendy to leave Jesus out of the conversation. And maybe just to talk about spirituality at most in sort of real watered down, minimized, generalized terms. Leave Jesus out of it. Let's just talk about, you know, we want to get there. We want to be good people. We, 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 we want to stand up for righteous causes. We, we want to seek justice and love mercy and do the will of God. And all of that's biblical and all of that's good. And it's not either or. But if we don't follow Jesus, or if we ask Jesus to follow us, we're going to go back to that little group of people many years ago that was meeting at 86 and Hickman in a little office building. And we're going to lose our way pretty quick, and we're never going to get to where we want to go. Please don't misunderstand. We have not reached our destination. We're still about right where that young woman is in this destination as a church. We're still maturing. We're still growing. We still make tons and tons of mistakes. Tons of mistakes. This one pastor called me up a few months ago and he said, hey, tell me, so what are you guys doing? How, how are you getting through the pandemic? I heard you had this uh, big Christmas thing, this journey to the light thing out, outdoors. So, so how, how's that work? Can you send me the outline, you know, of how I can program that in and just plug it into my church and then we'll just be able to do the same thing and move forward? I'm like, I don't really know how we did it. I'll tell you what we did. We got a lot of lights. <laughs> we put out an invitation for hope. People were like, hey, if you have Christmas lights you're not using anymore, bring them in. Oh my gosh, you people have a lot of lights you aren't using. Incredible. And you didn't bother straightening them out either. It was just like all ratted up in a ball and the whole deal. So we had a whole crew of people untangling lights for days at a time. And then checking lights to make sure that they worked. And, well, in, not in that order. Checking them before we bothered untangling them. 
stringing them together, putting them all together, do, doing all this stuff. We had, I don't know how many lights we had. Chris Canary told me, but he talks too fast, and I don't know what he said. I think he said a trillion. I don't know what. It was just a bazillion lights. It was a ton, a ton, a ton of lights. And some of you were really involved in that, so you'll remember this, and this won't be a big surprising story, but here's how that perfect, like, evangelism outreach effort went. Our idea was pretty simple. We're a little concerned we aren't going to be able to do Christmas worship like we usually do, so we'll move it outside. December in Iowa, what could possibly go wrong? It was, if I recall, although I've repressed the memory from my mind, 107 below uh, or something like that for a couple of the days. Were, were any of you outside? I think a lot of you were. I'm looking around the room. Yes. Can I just say this? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for giving up your toes and your fingers for the cause of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for sh- shivering and, and, and getting through that. <laughs> Some of you. Uh, Michelle, you were singing Oh Holy Night over there. Oh my goodness. And Alyssa, you were too. You were like rotating through. Oh, God bless your hearts. I don't know how you did that. Have you recovered yet? Are you still a little chilly? We had, we had Mary and Joseph walking the donkey and it got so cold that they had to take turns. Sometimes it was Mary and sometimes it was Joseph. <laughs> we're one big outreach faux pas after another around here. And I'd love to tell you that's the only time that we've ever like kind of, you know, swung for the fences and grounded out to short. But it's not. Vacation Bible School starts this Monday. The first time we had Vacation Bible School in our parking lot was when we had the building down the street that's now Grace West Church. And we had this idea. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Let's get a hot air balloon to land in the parking lot. And for some reason, the kids will love that. What it had to do with Jesus, I'm not sure I remember. (laughs) So we had the hot air balloon come in, and it was landing, only it was windier than it needed to be. And so it kind of went off course, and then it clipped one of the big parking lot lights that was hanging over the parking lot, knocked it clean off, dropped it to the ground, missed a kid by, I don't know, I mean, 10 feet, and shattered, like... Oh, that could have been the end of Lutheran Church of Hope. I mean, that was a disaster. Or the time on Easter when we decided, hey, we're getting a little too big, so let's go ahead and move the services outside into our front lawn when we were still down the street. So we got this revival. Oh, we'll have a big old tent revival. By the way, we're having Taste of Hope at Waterworks Park. I'm sure it'll be awful. (laughs) Awfully fun. It'll be great. It'll be awesome, but it won't be perfect. Worship tonight isn't perfect. Worship on weekends is never perfect. If you're looking for perfect, you're in the wrong church. But we're not interested in that. We're interested in surrender. We're interested in the wind of God's spirit. We're interested in following him. That tent on Easter, it was also really windy and it was cold colder and windier than it should have been. And there was one guy I was working on. I was was inviting him. I knocked on his door. And I invited him to come. I'd see him around in the community, in the neighborhood. And I, you know, we had friends who were the same, or kids who were the same age. And so we'd, we'd meet at games. And I'd invite him every time. I'd say, hey, I still got a seat saved for you at church. Come anytime. He showed up on that Easter. And it was so windy. He showed up in a three-piece suit. This distinguished African-American looking man. Probably about 40 years old. And he's in the suit, and it's so windy, the tent starts to launch. I mean, it's like, it's like elevated. It's, it's, it's starting to, to, to take off. And he's, he just went, grabbed the, grab the, the beam. And for the rest of the sermon, he's like fighting it the whole time in his three-piece suit. 
Now, I'd like to tell you the moral of the story is that's okay, because he came back the next week and became a leader in the church, but he never came back. No, I'm just kidding. He did. He's, he's been a big part of the church, somewhere in between those two. I'm the way, Jesus says, not you. I'm not really interested in following your way. I'm not at all interested in blessing your sin, so stop trying to talk me out of it. I'm not at all interested in, 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 in just saying whatever you want to do is fine with me. It's not fine with me because I love you, because I want to show you a better way, lead you to a deeper truth, and inspire you to a more abundant life. We're not going to get there from here on our own or following the wisdom of this world and trying to fit God into it. I'm telling you this just as sort of an elder. This is what I've learned over and over and over again. The more we surrender this church to God and its ministries to God, the more he blesses them. The more we surrender our individual lives to God, the more he blesses them. There isn't a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to fill you up if you're full of yourself. And you get told by the world you should be full of yourself. Yes, you should have healthy pride and you should have a a healthy self-esteem and you should feel good about what God has made. God has made you beautiful. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. That's biblical. Don't get so full of yourself there isn't any room for God to move. There isn't any room for God to fill up your spirit in a whole new way. There has to be more to my life than this is where we end up when we go that way. There has to be more somewhere along the way. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. In Acts chapter 19, there are apostles who say, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit yet? To some people who are just encountering God for the first time, they said, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. We're Lutherans. (laughs) Just a Lutheran joke. In case you're not Lutheran, it makes no sense at all. But if you are Lutherans, here, let me explain it. Lutherans tend to be thinkers and not really feelers, and hope is kind of weird that way. And so Lutherans look at us like we're the crazy uncle in the family, and, and we are, that's true, we definitely are, because we try to balance out head and heart. We are, um, I mean, we've got Dr. Richard Webb on our staff, and Dr. Dave Johnson, and Dr. Merv Thompson, and Dr. Caroline Banky Becker, and Ben Mason, who we call Little Richard, because he's just like super smart, and we've, we've got all these intellectually deep theological conversations that spin around the rooms every time the pastors meet every week. So it's not like we stop thinking. We love to think the faith. We love theology, doctrine, history, diving as deep as you want to go into it. But I think the key around here and the key for the future around here is that our hearts stay wide open, not just our minds. What about you, Revive? Have you heard there's a Holy Spirit? When's the last time you and the Holy Spirit had a you know, hangout session where you just sat down and were still in the presence of God. That's the Holy Spirit. Where you came to worship and weren't concerned about the distractions nearly as much as you were about just, oh my goodness, I'm in God's house. What if you walked into this building and it was God's house instead of just that church? Because it is. In the aisle here, right down the center, before we poured the concrete, we put down our favorite Bible verses and our favorite songs, so you're standing literally on the Word of God when you come in here. Same thing in the worship center down the hall. This is holy ground. God transforms lives here. 
God changes people's eternal destinies here. So wake up, sleepers, the Bible says. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine his light upon you. I like that one. (laughs) Come on, you lazy polar bear. Wake up. Or take the dry bones that God prophesies through Ezekiel. And he says, Ezekiel, can these bones become living people again? Isn't it funny? Ezekiel didn't ask that question to God. God asked that question of Ezekiel. God already knew. Yes, they can. And so he asked you. Can your life become from dried up? I just, I mean, the pandemic just about wiped me out. Maybe that's your story. Or I just can't seem to get going. I can't find my groove. I can't find my rhythm. I can't find my place. I can't find where I'm supposed to go. I can't find this vision. Oh, if God would just please give me a vision. Can these dry bones become living again? Living people again? I think you know the story. If you don't, it's pretty cool. It's in Ezekiel 37. You should go home and read it. So God starts to sweep through the valley of dry bones. What could be more dead than a valley of dry bones? And then in great detail, Ezekiel 37 tells the story of what God did. How they came from dead, dry bones to living, breathing, spirit-filled people. Transformation, miracle, new life. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. God says to Ezekiel at the end of the story, what you just saw happen in the Valley of Dry Bones, that's just a metaphor. I'm going to do that for you. I can do that for you. Surrender, open your heart, make room, and let God fill you up with this water of life. Ten chapters later, God says through the prophet Ezekiel to all his people, life will flourish wherever this water flows, wherever you let my spirit in. And in the New Testament, God's word puts it this way. Those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. That's what Jesus says to the woman at the well. Who came to the well that day thinking she was just coming to get an ordinary drink of water and bring it back for her family. But who, what she encountered at the well that day was... It was the Holy Spirit, and it was Jesus Christ in the flesh, but it was God's Spirit through Christ. Because Jesus started talking about worshiping in spirit and truth. And along the way, her life was transformed because God's word goes out and it doesn't come back empty. It's not about us, but it is. We're in the story. So maybe you're the kind of uh, follower of Jesus or believer kind of arms distance and not sure you want to go all in and, and you're not sure you're there yet. So here's the vision of the church. It isn't just to reach new people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's to take the people who are already following him and invite you to take a deeper step, to take a deeper walk with Jesus, to dive in. You won't arrive. Here's when you're going to arrive with God, when you get to heaven. (laughs) The arrival station doesn't exist this side of heaven. So that whole striving for spiritual perfection thing you might want to let that go. It's not good for you, and it's really annoying to the people around you. So you're not going to get there. You're still going to remain a person who, as Paul writes in Romans 7, the good stuff I want to do, I don't always do. The dark, evil stuff I don't want to do, sometimes that's what I end up doing. Wretched man that I am, who's going to rescue me from this condition? 
myself, because I practiced the spiritual disciplines, because, because I went to a conference somewhere, because I, because I read a book, because I follow a Christian blogger, because I listen to a certain kind of music, because that, that's going to do it. It's, it's the way it's done. It's, it's the community I'm a part of. No, it's not about us. And it's not about any other church either. It's about Jesus. Who will rescue me from this condition? Thanks be to God, Paul writes. It's Jesus Christ. You want to tell me Paul didn't have it going on spiritually? And yet he still said, I mess up? He still said, I make mistakes? It's funny to me. I don't know if any of you are in the communication, like uh, journalism, network news business. Our two sons pursued that for a while in college. Um, And sometimes when you watch it, it's just so clean. It's so polished. It's so perfect, right? Until you realize that it's not. And what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift, shifting, shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. <laughs> the, um, pardon me. That's right, pardon me. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> what was this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, sorry. Um, North Korea, North, uh, South Korea's policy choices on North Korea have been severely limited. Mezi nimi již nechybí Sabina Laurinová, Roman Zach nebo Sandra Nováková. Speciální pozornost byste měli věnovat také herečce Evě Josefikové. And since the snow started this morning at about 6:15 to 6:30, it has not let up at all. It is coming down pretty steadily here in Springfield. You can see that the uh, visibility has been reduced. I've seen countless spinouts, and um, and. Uh, at four. Welcome to NBC Boston News at four o'clock. Right now, three helicopters are attacking the fire. And as you can see behind me, this is Thompson River. They're filling up their buckets right here. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> That is Diamond. A couple had stopped at the subway in Grove City for some lunch when they saw this little dog barking and honking and its owner to hurry up. The video was posted on Facebook. <laughs> Turns out this is not the first time Diamond has caused a ruckus. The pup has been seen around town doing this. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Todd's about to lose it. Oh, but seriously, what a sassy dog. I like, <laughs> The boss. <laughs> and, and then what do I do with it? Turn it, just sort of face it towards the sky, not towards the cameras. Upside down? Upside down. I've done it twice. You should have been watching. I wasn't watching. <laughs> <laughs> That video sums up Lutheran Church of Hope better than almost any video I've seen in a long time. 
So we started with that polished, clean, like, oh, here's the senior pastor casting a vision. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's go. Mistakes and all. Don't underestimate what God can do through you or us when we surrender and admit we're weak. Admit that it isn't some power inside of us that's going to do it. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit. That power is right here, right now. Open your heart. Receive it. Oops. (laughs) I made a mistake on the button again. This thing, I don't like this thing at all. So we go from VBS year two. That was the famous hot air balloon year. And look what God's done. All glory to us. How great we are. How we do it. No. I'd be a lie. Because those of us who've been a part of it all along know we're along for the ride. And we're going to make mistakes. And this is not just us as a church. This is you as a child of God. It's not about you perfecting your religion. It's about you living in the amazing grace of God's abundant life. Remember how it all started? Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like the tiniest mustard seed. You say, oh, well, God couldn't do anything through me. Really? Tiny mustard seed? What does Jesus say about that? Look what happens when we surrender. Because the only thing that maybe we've gotten faithfully right consistently for 20-some years around here is we always say, we want to see what God could do. We want to see what God could do through VBS. We want to see what God could do through our Christmas outside. Oh, yeah, by the way, we got tons of letters from people who say they got saved at Journey Through the Light. They were lost and they got found. So I guess freezing to death was worth it. Now all glory to God who's able through his mighty power at work within you, within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. We probably aren't dreaming big enough as a church. And you probably aren't dreaming big enough as a child of God. Imagine, envision this. What might your life be like for the rest of your earthly life if you let God write the story? Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.